Welcome back. It's Cal Walters back with episode three. Before we get started, first and foremost, I just want to thank all of you, all of you who have tuned in for episode one, two, those who have connected with me on Facebook, those who have sent me emails, private messages, encouragement, those who have helped me uh, understand the ways in which you're living your life with intention, helping me see and, and experience the ways in which you're leading making great decisions. Uh, you know, the beauty of this whole endeavor is that I get to collaborate and hear from so many different people who are really just inspiring. Um, and I know that, you know, it might seem like anyone who would do a podcast about this type of stuff, life and leadership, would think that they somehow have it all together or that they uh, are the epitome of what a leader should be. And, and I can tell you, I think those that know me would would say this is true, that, that nothing could be farther from the truth. Um <laughs> That's certainly not my attitude at all. In fact, it's it's the opposite that, that leads me to do something like this. It's the the, the acknowledgement that uh, there's so much to learn. There's so much. Uh, there's so many thoughts out there that are important to take in. There's so many others' experiences that I can learn from. Uh, so I just I love the opportunity to talk about these things, to engage with you, and to experience uh, life to the fullest uh, in collaboration with you guys. Um, so if this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, what we do on this podcast is offer quick bite-sized pieces of inspiration and encouragement really to help you focus your day, to have an edge in your mindset and the way you look at life, and ultimately to help you just maximize the limited time you have on this earth. We all have on this earth. My mom, uh, one of her good friends, passed away today somewhat unexpectedly. I mean, she was fairly young in her life. Uh, and, you know, every time something like that happens, I'm reminded of just how fragile life is and just how we none of us know how much time we have. None of us know how, how much time we have left with our loved ones or how much time we have left to, to maximize our impact on the world. And, and I mentioned this in episode one, but I just want to encourage you if you have something on your heart, if you have something that you need to to begin, to start, if you feel a calling to begin a process, to begin an endeavor, whether it be writing a book or uh, starting a school or starting a business or reaching out and, and helping someone or starting a ministry or starting a Bible study, whatever it may be, or maybe you're in the middle of that. Maybe you've started and maybe you're experiencing some adversity um, I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you, one, if you haven't started, start. Start that thing. Begin that first step. And if you're in the middle of it uh, and maybe you're experiencing some adversity, I, I hope that you don't take that as a sign that that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And we're going to talk about that on this podcast. But adversity, conflict, uh, those are all just parts of the process. Anything that I've ever done in my life that was worthwhile, that, I, that I'm proud of, that I've, that I that I look back on and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of having done it or accomplished it, there was adversity. And so if you're starting something, I want you to anticipate the conflict, anticipate the adversity. Don't take it as a sign that you're not you're not on the right path. And if you're in the middle of it, keep going, keep going. You know, oftentimes it, it, we, people give up before they really experience the breakthrough. Keep going, keep, keep, keep moving. If you need some encouragement, Reach out to people that are encouragement. Reach out to me. Email me at calwalterspodcast at gmail.com. I would love to connect with you. I would love to encourage you to go do and accomplish what God has put in your life for you to accomplish so that you can live absolutely to your fullest potential. So today, 
we are going to talk about the the biggest leadership lesson that I learned at Ranger School, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you. One of the great things, you know, I think we learn in three ways. We either learn from our own experiences where we get to experience them or we get to learn by our observations, what we see other people experience. Sometimes you get to just watch someone, you know, run face first into a brick wall, right? And, and that's often a great way to learn. You don't have to do it yourself. You saw that they did it. You say, I don't want to do that. And it's a great way to learn. And then the third way I think we learn is by consuming books, by study. Today is a beautiful opportunity for you to get to learn from my mistakes, from my failures. So it was February of 2009. I was a student at Ranger School, one of the Army's most difficult schools. I had no idea how cold the mountains of Georgia could get. It was dark outside. It was probably about 05 in the morning. And I'd heard the Ranger instructors begin to yell, from the middle of our patrol base, which is a base, a circle of ranger students. Their yelling startled me, and I immediately pulled myself out of my warm sleeping bag. I'd only been able to enjoy about 45 minutes of time in the sleeping bag, but at that point, 45 minutes of sleep seemed like an eternity. I'd become accustomed to less than an hour of sleep each day, and my body was getting used to being constantly hungry, exhausted, cold, uncomfortable, fatigued. I was beyond what I ever thought I could experience, beyond what I ever thought I could take. I was what you would call a a hungry ranger and a sleepy ranger. I was someone who was experiencing something they'd never experienced before. And I could hear the, the ranger instructors calling out roster numbers. Each student had their own roster number. And when your number was called, you knew it was your turn. You see, ranger school is not just a, a school where they teach you about combat, about patrols, about tactics, but really when you, when you break it down, ranger school is a leadership school. They're there to, to test you, to test your will. They say ranger school is not for the faint of heart, and they're there to test your ability to lead under most, some of the most difficult conditions. Now, before I go too far into this, I want you to understand, I'm not comparing ranger school to combat. I'm not comparing ranger school to any of these actual combat experiences that, that so many brave leaders and Americans have experienced. Uh, I would never want to uh, act as if this is the same thing. This was a school. But when you're in the middle of ranger school, when you're at the very end of your rope, when you're tired, you're hungry, you're, you're completely depleted of the energy that you typically use to, to give yourself strength, you're, you're depleted of your motivation it does feel like you're at the end of your rope. Not just that, but you, there's this pressure. There's this pressure to, to perform, to lead, to, to show that you have what it takes. Every infantry officer, I went to West Point and then I commissioned as an infantry officer. Every infantry officer has to go through ranger school. And when you, when you graduate ranger school, if you graduate successfully, you get it's called a ranger tab. You put it on your left shoulder and it's almost like a badge of honor. Everyone looks for it. And if you're an infantry officer, you feel like you need to have it. Not just that, but for me personally, when I was going through ranger school, my wedding was scheduled a month after I was supposed to graduate ranger school. Ranger school is 61 days if you go straight through. So I felt this extra pressure that I needed to go straight through. And so on this particular day, my roster number was called. And whenever your roster number was called, you felt this immediate anxiety, Just at least I did. I felt this immediate anxiety just rush through me. 
It was almost as if it wasn't real. It's like I'm, I'm waking up. It's cold. It's dark outside. Oftentimes when you would come out of your sleeping bag, your, your body would just stiffen up from the cold and, the, and the, the change in temperature from this warm sleeping bag to this this cold exterior world that you've just stepped into. And then I hear my roster number being called. And I do kind of a double take and I don't believe that it's me, but immediately I, once I actually realize that's my roster number being called, I quickly grab my stuff. I kind of hastily put it together, hoping that at least I've, I get all the important stuff. I grab my weapon and I run to the middle of the patrol base with about four or five other people who also had their roster number called. And so I get to the middle and the ranger instructors who have just showed up fresh are now about to give us the mission for the day. They tell us where we're going to be moving towards. We're going to be doing several, probably 10 to 12 kilometer movement as a group of about 30 to 40 people. They tell us the grid coordinate of the hasty base that we're going to have to set up where we'll use that as a staging point to then conduct an ambush on a specific grid coordinate. They give you those grid coordinates. They give you the purpose of the mission. They tell you who the different leaders are in those positions. And then they give you about five to 10 minutes to get your stuff together, to task the leaders and let all the other sleepy, tired, cold, frustrated ranger students know what you're about to do for the day. It's the beginning of a very long day. And now you're in a leadership position and the pressure immediately hits you. And so I found out I was going to be the platoon leader that day. I was going to be in charge of the entire movement. I was going to be in charge of the entire 30 to 40 ranger students who are going to be conducting a movement that day. And so I tried my best to, to kind of collect myself mentally. I gave the general task out to the subordinate leaders who are, who are the squad leaders, the team leaders, and we moved out. And so we started on our mission that day and we started to move. And one of the things the ranger instructors do when you're in a leadership position or really any day in ranger school is their goal is to try to insert conflict and insert adversity into the process. So what they'll do is they'll throw these simulated artillery rounds and everyone has to take cover. And then they'll simulate small enemy contact fire from, from different sides of the formation. And, and we'll have to react to that fire upon that. As the leader, it's my job to, to not just hear what's happening and understand what's happening, but to give guidance. And so these ranger instructors are intentionally putting this adversity into the process. And then you as the leader, you're under a microscope. They're watching your every move. They're watching how you collect yourself. They're watching how you give guidance and how you communicate with your teams. They're watching to see how you react. They're watching to see if you break. And keep in mind, you're, you're cold and you're tired and you're, you're really in a, in a physical and mental state, at least for me, that I'd never been in. I mean, I had had leadership positions in high school. I'd been on the football team. You know, I, at this point, I'd completed West Point. I had completed infantry officer basic course, but I, had still, I was still experiencing a level of fatigue that I had never experienced before. And here I am in a leadership position. And so there I was. I'm moving the platoon. We're doing all these things. We're reacting to contact. We're reacting to, to indirect fire. And then all of a sudden, I could just sense that things were not going the right way. The people, I, I was the platoon leader, so I was kind of in the middle of the formation and we stopped without any reason. There was no contact. We weren't at our grid coordinate, at least I thought we weren't. And all of a sudden my my lead land navigation person stopped. And so I got everybody to, to secure the area 
And I went up to find out what was going on. And in so many words, we were lost. We had no idea where we were. Here we are. The time is of the essence. We have to get to this base at a certain time. And we didn't know where we were. And this was the absolute worst case scenario for someone like me who is in a leadership role. Everyone's looking at you. And it's the worst nightmare as a ranger to be lost. Because once you're lost, it's almost impossible, or at least it seems impossible, to find your way. Because you have nowhere to orient from. Everything just starts to look the same. And you don't really know where you got lost. And so in that moment, I remember as a leader, I remember this vividly. I remember looking around, and it was almost as if my brain couldn't function. Because I, I just, the anxiety, all of the fear of, I'm going to fail this phase. I'm going to have to redo this phase. I'm gonna not going to be able to go to my wedding. I'm going to have to redo this entire, these, these grueling mountain hikes, these, these 10 to 15 kilometer hikes. People are going to think I'm a failure. People are going to think that I can't lead. I'm not going to be an infantry officer that's successful because I don't have my ranger tab. And so I just start catastrophizing and I'm just focusing on all these terrible things that could happen. And in that same moment, people are looking at me. People, all the people in that, in that general area were looking at me for guidance. And I'm sure they were looking at me. And as I was thinking about all these things, they were losing confidence in me because I'm sure that it reflected on my face. Every time I thought about these terrible thoughts of, of what was happening to me and poor me and how dare this happen to me, how feeling so sorry for myself, the fact that we're, that we're lost. And as these leaders are looking to me for guidance, I'm freaking out. And it was something I'd never experienced before. And I couldn't calm myself down. And in that moment, I'm looking around, all these eyeballs looking at me and telling, and they're suggesting things at this point because they start to see me. They start to see that I'm losing my composure and they're starting to suggest ideas. Turn around, keep moving, turn left, turn right. I think I know where we're at. I think I know what we need to do. And keep in mind, these are people that are tired, hungry, frustrated. They just want to get somewhere so they can take a half nap, maybe eat one of the little meals ready to eat that they gave us. And so I can't think clearly. And so what I do is I just take one of the random suggestions from one of the people that are getting frustrated with me and losing confidence in my leadership. And I decide to, to literally get our entire formation up and move the opposite direction of where we had come from. And so as I'm doing that, I could, and I didn't have any confidence because I'm, keep in mind, I'm, my composure is, is lost. Those that are looking at me could probably see on my face and see in my demeanor that I was not a confident leader in that moment. I was taking these suggestions from, from other people and they didn't have any skin in the game really. They weren't in a leadership position. Whatever they suggested didn't matter. And I could just see the faces of the people in the, in the platoon as I'm turning us around. They're looking at me. And they're, and they're just like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? And as, they're, and as they're saying that, now I'm starting to doubt myself again. And so then I've got this, I'm not confident in the, in the decision. And now as we're turning around, as I'm turning the entire formation around, I can see the frustration in the people's faces and their demeanors. And, and now I'm starting to second guess myself. And so now I'm like, oh, no, 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 let's, let's go back the other way. And so I'm, I'm indecisive and now I'm compounding the problem. And so ultimately... All of this indecisiveness resulted in mission failure. It resulted not just in mission failure, but it re resulted in me personally failing. I got a no-go and I was embarrassed. I, was, I had to redo the mountain phase of ranger school. I had to, had to drop back with a class 
that was uh, behind me. And so I had to, now I'm cutting it even closer to make it my wedding. And so, hey, I offer that experience to you for your benefit. Now, if I had succeeded that day, if I had had a flawless experience, if I had if I had led well, if I had kept my composure, if I had not had to redo one of the phases of Ranger School, and I got, guys, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I never would have learned this lesson. The reason I highlight that is that failure, when we fail, when we do not succeed, that is when we learn the most. That is when we learn the most. When we win, when we succeed, when everything goes right, we think that we did everything right. Even though a lot of the time when we succeed and we win, we made tons of mistakes. We just got lucky or, or the chips just fell well. And I'm not, I'm not trying to discourage you from winning. Winning's great. I love to win. But we don't learn as much when we win as we do when we lose. And so I want to encourage you, if you lose, if you make a mistake, if you fail, own it. Own that failure. Acknowledge it. Take that opportunity to, to explore what you could have done better. Take that opportunity to explore how you can be better in the future. Now, now it's, 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 that's easier said than done, I know. It's hard. It's hard when you fail to stop and say, oh, this is great. This is great for me. I'm glad I failed. Let me learn something from that. I know that it's, it's very tough to do that. But I want to encourage you. There's a snowboarder and uh, X Game star, Sean White. And I love his approach to anything. Sean White is the one of the, he's the only person to have a gold medal in both the, the summer and winter Olympic Games, skateboarding and snowboarding. He's, he's a top athlete. And, and this is true for a lot of the top performers, the top athletes. They set it up in their mind, and pay attention to this, they set it up in their mind where they can't lose. They, they, they truly do. They, in their mind, they go into something knowing that they can't lose. Either they're going to win or if they lose, they're going to learn from that. If they make a mistake, they're going to learn so much from that that they're going to win next time. And so they go into a competition. They go into life. Sean White takes this approach that he knows he's going to win. So mentally, he has this edge. It takes some of the pressure off. And so all, the point I'm trying to make is that because I failed in this Ranger School experience, I can share this leadership lesson with you. And I benefited so much from this experience. That was one of the lowest points in my life, but I got to, I got to benefit from it. And I'm going to share with you several key points that, that are takeaways from this experience that I think can apply to you. Now, I've been able to apply the lessons that I'm about to share with you to other areas of my life, to getting ready for an actual deployment to Iraq, to lead a platoon in combat. I've applied these principles in law school. Law school can be very challenging. In fact, law school, I experienced some significant uh, difficult moments in law school. Being a freshman in law school can be very tough. You're in the middle. You have to read all of these difficult cases, then all of a sudden you're called on in front of all of your classmates and you have to stand up and they ask you all of these difficult questions and it, it can be a challenge, but I've been able to apply these principles to that. I've been able to apply these principles being a prosecutor and being in, in very complex and difficult uh, trials, criminal trials where sex assault, rape, those types of cases where there's a lot on the line, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of emotions, you're, you're, you're speaking in front of a jury and I've been able to apply these principles. So I want to encourage you, whatever 
whatever you do, whatever, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, whether you're a manager, whether you're a coach, whatever your occupation is, these principles can apply to your experiences. And what I'm talking about here, probably pretty clear from the story, is how do you react? How do you prepare yourself mentally to deal with those scenarios where there's so much pressure on you, where it's so easy to cave, where it's so easy to just break, and it's so hard to stay calm? I'm going to offer you three points. Number one, prepare yourself mentally for the adversity. Anticipate it. Prepare yourself to react to it. When you do this, it allows you not to be surprised. And an example of this is, is a guide on a, on a mountain climb to Mount Everest, right? So uh, if, it's, if it's this person's first time, not the guide, but the person climbing, they have no idea what to anticipate. But that guide, they know exactly, they've done it before. They know exactly what adversity to anticipate. They know exactly what's about to happen. They know when the diff most difficult parts are. They know there's going to be periods of time on that climb where you can't breathe correctly. And so their anticipation, their, their mindset going in is, is one of expectation. They expect to experience adversity. They expect to experience conflict. And so when it comes, they have the mental edge. They have that mental edge. They, they are not surprised. And so they're, they're cool, calm, and collected. They can react to it because they've expected it. Had I really just changed my mindset and, and, and expected there to be conflict and expected there to be issues, I would have been so much more prepared. The same is true. Picture someone who guides uh, people down a whitewater raft, the person at the back of the boat. They know where those fast rapids are going to be. They're, they're expecting it so they don't freak out. They anticipate it. And and here's the beauty in, in it. Really zone in on this point, please. The beauty of expectation, the beauty of anticipating the conflict, anticipating the adversity, is that when it comes, you don't view that as your leadership failure or your failure. Because when we do that, and this is exactly what I did in that example I just shared with you from Ranger School, when I started to see all these things going on, going wrong around me, I viewed that as my failure. I viewed that as my failure, that I had somehow messed up, that I had failed. And then what I did, I let it, I let it rattle my confidence. And it snowballed into these, these further failures and these terrible decisions. And that's the opposite of that is when we anticipate these, these things coming. When it comes, we can receive it with a cool, calm, and collected approach and when it comes, we don't view it as our failure. We don't, we don't view it as an indication that we have somehow failed. We take it in stride and we focus on the solution. Now, point number two. So point number one is anticipate whatever your, whatever your role is. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a manager, anticipate that there's going to be conflict. Anticipate that there's going to be stress. Anticipate that you're going to get a bunch of tasks and deadlines and that it's going to be too much to do in a given day, that it's going to be too much to do in a given period of time. Anticipate it, anticipate it, anticipate it so that when it comes as a leader, you're the one that's not surprised. Everyone else around you can be surprised. Everyone around you can be shocked by, oh my gosh, there's, there's drama. There's, there's all these tasks. There's all these deadlines. But you as the leader, 
you've been anticipating it. You've been, pre- you've been prepared for it. So when it comes, you're ready. Now, point number two, and this is just a very practical approach of how to react when it does come. When it happens, make a deliberate decision to relax your mind. Make a deliberate decision to focus not on the chaos around you. You need to detach from that, detach from all the chaos. For me in that example at Ranger School, I needed to detach from all those people looking at me. I needed to detach from all those people around me that were suggesting ideas of what I should do and how I should handle this. You need to detach from that and focus and the more you focus on all the, all the problems around you, the more you focus on all the conflict around you, all of the pressure, the tasks, the deadlines, the more you focus on those things, the things that are causing the stress, the more, the more difficult it's going to be for you to relax your mind. The best way to relax your mind is, is, is to, to, to make a very deliberate decision. I'm relaxing right now. All these things around me are, are really driving me towards wanting to freak out. But I'm just, I'm going to detach from that right now. I'm detaching. I'm making that conscious decision. And then what you do, instead of focusing on all the negative around you, all the things that are going wrong, you start to focus on the solution. You start to focus on solving the problem. You start to focus on the things that you can control. You can't control all the craziness around you, but you start to focus on, on the solution. The solution becomes your primary purpose. And you can make a decision based on principle and not on emotion. One of my, uh, I, I supervise right now about 10 prosecutors and one of my prosecutors is a, uh, she's a female prosecutor and she's, she's phenomenal. We give her some of our toughest cases. And one of the things that is, has just stood out to me about her is no matter what we give her, no matter how complex, no matter how difficult, no matter how stressful the, the trial is, whether it's a jury trial, a sexual assault trial, whatever it may be, she always appears calm always appears calm. Even when a judge is, is yelling at her or breathing down her throat or challenging her, she's always, she always looks prepared and she always looks calm. And I asked her about it. I said, how do you do that? I always, I always just feel like you are so calm. You're so collected. You seem so prepared. And she says, she says, Cal, I just, I try to be like a duck. I said, what? She said, I just try to be like a duck. She was like, you don't see it on the inside. You don't see it underneath the water. I might be freaking out inside. But on the exterior, I just make a deliberate decision to be like a duck. I make a deliberate decision to be calm. I make a deliberate decision to to make sure that I control my emotions so that I can focus on the solution. So that's point number two. Take Make that deliberate decision to detach, to relax, not to focus on the problem, not to focus on the chaos, to focus on the solution and be like a duck. Be like a duck. And then point number three, and this is this is a, an important point from a leadership standpoint, is when we anticipate the chaos, when we anticipate the conflict, the adversity, all the things around us that, that could cause a person like a ranger student like me to freak out when all these things are going on around us, and we relax and we detach and we make a principled decision and, we, and, we, and we're the cool, calm, collected one in the room, it elevates us as the leader. Everyone around is freaking out. Everyone around is, is letting their emotions get the best of them. But you as the leader are cool. You're calm. You're, you're actually reacting in the opposite way that everyone else around you is. And so it's just instinctual. We want to look at that person who's calm. We want to go to that person who's collected. And we want to we seek advice from them. 
And so what this does as a leader is it elevates you. People look, people are going to look to you for guidance. People are going to look to you to make a decision and you are going to truly be the natural leader in that room. And, and this is, this is so true. Like with, with parents of children, of young children, you know, how many of you guys have seen a situation where a young child falls and hurts themselves and the parent just freaks out. The parent just freaks out, runs to the kid. Uh, the parent's almost crying harder. And then the kid does the same thing. The kid starts to cry. The kid starts to freak out. The kid thinks something's wrong because the parent's acting like something's wrong. And then you've, you've probably also seen the opposite situation where a, a young child falls down, hurts themselves. And then the parent is just super calm. The parents just super relaxed and the child who even a situation where the child probably should cry or it would be completely justified. The, the parent has, has led that child towards being calm. And the same is true with leaders. So I want to, I want to encourage you this week, today, this morning, this weekend, the next month, whenever you're experiencing chaos whenever you're experiencing adversity and at work i find this come just this week it came in the form of deadlines it came in the form of just too many tasks to accomplish in a certain period of time too many people needing something from me too many things to be done in a short period of time too many emails too many tasks whatever it may be i just want to encourage you to to apply these principles to number one to, to anticipate those things so that when they come, you're not, you're not shocked. You're not, you're not surprised. In fact, when it comes, you're just like, oh, here it is. Here's the adversity again. Here's the conflict. Here's those tasks. Here's those deadlines. I got this. I got this. I knew this was coming. I'm not surprised by this. This is just how life is. It's not a sign of my failure. It's not a sign I've done anything wrong. It's just how it is. And I'm going to react to it by principle. And I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to lead and then the second point, then you're going to detach. You're going to detach. You're going to focus on the solution. You're not going to focus on the conflict and the adversity, the things that are going wrong around you. And then finally, watch how this elevates you as a leader. Watch how when everything, all these tasks are, are, are going and are coming to you and you've got limited time and, and there's all these things that are going wrong around you. Watch how this elevates you in the eyes of the people around you. Watch the amount of respect that they have for you as you remain calm and you deal with with the solution. Guys, I, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to thank you for, for sticking around and hearing this message. Thank you for getting, for learning from me, from hearing from me, uh, in this experience. That was a, that Ranger school experience for me was a, was a low point, but man, did I learn some valuable lessons that I've been able to apply in many other scenarios. And I hope you can too. I hope you can learn something from my, from my failures, learn something from Dahlonega, Georgia in February of 2009 and take that with you today and apply it to your life. If you like this and you, and you want some more, I just encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, like us on Facebook, send me an email at calwalterspodcast at gmail.com. Connect with me. Tell me, I would love to hear, I would love to hear how maybe you're applying some of these principles to your life and maybe, and maybe hear some stories about how you're experiencing success. I would also love to hear some of the leadership principles and, and life principles that you live by that you've just found to be super helpful. Maybe I can share those through this platform and help other people. At the end of the day, guys, we just, at least for me personally, I just want to, I just want to have the biggest, most positive influence on the most people that I could possibly have with the most, with the limited time I have. I don't know, maybe tomorrow might be my last day. I have no idea how much time I have on earth. 
but I really wanna, I really wanna max this out and I wanna help you do the same. Life is short, make it count.